0: We're so glad you're here. Um, Let's go. Let's dive into the word. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Chapter four. And we're going to look at the first 11 uh, verses as you're standing. It says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, he quotes Psalms 91, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift up. You up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he says, All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said, Away from me, Satan, for it is written. How many believe there's power in the word? For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Amen. Please be seated for just a few moments. I'm going to talk about beating temptation, overcoming it, surviving it. Um, it. It's a real topic, it's a real issue that every human faces at different points and different places. In different ways and the truth is that sometimes our lives can feel like it's just a, a it's a reoccurring issue uh, and we feel like maybe we're like a, a pile of ashes from time to time with with everything that life has come and brought us and we can be broken we can be shattered sometimes we actually feel destroyed by what takes place but the good news is that Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection, uh, the great news of that is that we can experience new life here on earth. New life here on earth, new hope, and a new season. And while our lives, no matter how difficult they may seem, how, how bad it had been before, our lives are never irredeemable. Or to say it another way, you are not broken beyond repair. In and through Christ, that's the point. In and through Christ, we can rise above any situation. We can overcome. We can survive. We can get to the point where we thrive. How many believe that God doesn't just want us to survive. He wants us to thrive. He said, I came to give you life and life in abundance. And while when we accept him as our savior, we are promised eternal life to live for him. But God wants us to survive, and thrive, and live an abundant life here on earth. We truly believe that. So today we're going to look at one aspect of Jesus' life and ministry during his time here on earth that was pivotal and that what we can learn from him as we encounter life and as we keep living, as we keep going through what God has called us to do. At the start of Jesus' earthly ministry, there's a 40-day fasting period where he is abstaining from all food and the one that comes to tempt him after all these uh, after these days is the devil himself. So I can only imagine what that felt like. I can only imagine what that looked like and I can only imagine what it would have been like to endure that. And this is the scenario that Jesus confronts and that Jesus has to overcome. So we're going to look at the season of Jesus's life, and we what we can learn from that, and be encouraged through his example and through his model of how we can overcome temptation in our lives as well. So let's start off by stating the obvious, and let's recognize that we all face temptation. It doesn't matter how old we are, it doesn't matter it, our background, it doesn't matter our trajectory. The truth is that we all face temptation at one point or, the, or another, another. It doesn't matter how much we pray. It doesn't matter how much we worship. Temptation will always be there. It is a part of life. It should be expected. No one is immune. No one is immune for the, for the desires or to have things or to do things that do not align with the will of God. Temptation comes in many forms. And it could be something small. It could be something that is not so obvious. It could be something that maybe nobody knows about. And, and, and it could be an, an occurrence that is taking place. But, but it is those small occurrences that could lead to, to great problems. It is those small things in life that if we don't deal with and that, that, that if we don't overcome, that they could create something greater in our lives. The Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And believe me, when I say that temptation and desires that even though they may start small, they could evolve into something greater and they could lead into things that are devastating. They could lead into things that really taint us and, and harm us. And, and it is not good for us as humans to pretend that we're immune and for us to say, no, I don't go through that. Let's talk about the reality of the issue. We go through stuff. We are tempted in every way. Jesus was tempted. And if he is the holy and the perfect one, we are not exempt from From any situation that could come. But there is power in his word and there is power in Christ that we can overcome the temptation. The temptation will always be present but we can overcome it by the power of the blood of Jesus. Listen to what John 1 says about walking in the light. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is that the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful. He is faithful and just, and he will forgive us of our sins, that he will purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. So we'll begin by confessing that temptation is real, acknowledging that we all deal with it in one aspect or the other, and that there are times that when we follow temptation down paths, that we have experienced the heartache that it causes, we've experienced the pain that it causes, we've experienced the loss of sleep that it causes, we experience experienced the tears that it causes so how do we manage temptation how do we respond to temptation in our lives let's look at Jesus's example it all begins with the identity that was placed on Jesus and it begins with the identity that we have as sons and daughters of the living God So before we get into Matthew chapter 4 in its entirety and what is taking place, let's look at the chapter that goes before that. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17 tells us of the baptism of Jesus. The Bible says, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I don't need to to baptize you. you. You don't need to come to me. Jesus replied, let it be so now. For it is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, to fulfill what the scripture said, let's do this. Then John consented. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, as soon as he came up out of the water, at that moment it was when the heavens opened up and he saw the spirit of God that descended in the form of a dove and it came to him. And there was a voice from heaven that said this, this is my son whom I love with Uh, whom I love with with him I am well pleased. So the baptism of Jesus obviously it's an incredible and significant moment uh, for us as Christians but for us today I want to focus on what that moment really did and then what led into the wilderness temptation. I want to focus on verse 17 when God says this is my son whom I love. And whom I am well pleased with. Notice that God the Father didn't say, Good, now go and fulfill your destiny on earth, or This is my son, watch out, Satan and demons, because he's coming out to get you. No, he sa- simply said, This is my son. He seals his identity. This is my son, whom I am well pleased. He is the beloved son of the Most High. God, And this is such a powerful reality when we understand that he has received this confirmation and he has received this word that when Jesus is drawn into the wilderness, this is the very first thing that Satan tries to attack. This is the very first thing that the enemy goes after. This is the first thing that the enemy tries to bring into question. He tries to tempt Jesus out of his identity and his position. The Bible says, Matthew 4 and 3, the tempter came and said, to him if you are the son of God for Jesus Satan said if you are the son of God for Eve in the garden it was did God really say you couldn't eat of that tree what does that voice sound like for you what does that voice sound like for me today if you really were a Christian you wouldn't do that if you really loved God you wouldn't do that if you were more like him or like her and tries to, uh, tries to put uh, spirits of comparison in our lives, you wouldn't do that. If you were really saved, would you be suffering the way you're suffering right now? The question may be different for each of us here today. But but the root of the issue is that the enemy is trying to question our identity and trying to, to shift the focus from what he has declared over our lives and over what he has said that who we are. We are the children of the Most High God. And when dealing with temptation, we have to understand that, yes, there's going to be some questions that come. There's going to be voices that we hear. But we have to always revert back to the truth that is declared in the word of God, that the the infallible, the uncomparable word of God that heaven and earth will pass before his word passes, what he has declared over our lives. We are the children of the most high God, so we have to stomp on every lie and, and every thought that would come. The Bible says, for the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. For the pulling down of strongholds uh, casting down every imagination and every high thought uh, that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Everything that comes to your mind uh, that tries to deceive you and tries to tell you you're not worthy. We're not here because we're worthy. We're here because he's worthy. Everything that comes to us uh, and tries to bring us down and says says, you are if you're really the son of God would you be going through that? Well the truth is that we're human and sometimes we fall but the Bible says that that the righteous man falls seven times, but seven times he gets back up again. So it doesn't matter if you've fallen this morning, you can get up. I have to go back to the word. That's what he has said and what he has declared for me. When I feel that I'm not worthy, I have to go and I have to understand that what is man, that you are mindful of him, that you have created him and made him just a little bit lower than the angels. I have to understand that when the enemy comes and he tries to deceive me and he tries to lie to me, there is to lie to me, there is a word. Word that is spoken over us. And it cannot be reversed. If God said it, it's true. All right, I'm going to calm down. All right. Hallelujah. So now understanding that that temptation is something that we all deal with. And that the enemy comes and tries to question our identity. And tries to say, "If, if you really loved God, would you be going through that? Oh, but his his word says, when you go through it, I'll be with you. the, The waters will not overtake you. The flame will not burn you. I'm glad his word says. So when questioning our identity comes up, we have to understand that it's the primary tactic of the enemy. It is what he always goes to, to try to bring us down. So let's look at three specific areas where Jesus was tempted while in the wilderness. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 3 to 4, he says, The tempter came said, If you are the Son of God, we've read that, tell these stones to become bread. He's hungry. He hasn't eaten in 40 days. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So imagine how hungry he is after 40 days some of us are mood shifts after 40 minutes i can't imagine the hunger in his that he is feeling in his physical body after this journey and the mental exhaustion that comes along with it and how drained he feels and here satan comes to him and questions his identity if you are the son of god and then he challenges him and tells him, turn these stones into bread. He tempts him where he knows he's vulnerable at. Our enemy knows our vulnerabilities and will tempt us where we're vulnerable. He knows his vulnerability. Turn these stones into bread. So what's really going on in this part of the text? What is, what's the underlying need that Satan is trying to attack by bringing this point up to Jesus? He's trying to manipulate Jesus' need for provision for provision in Jesus' case it was food that was the target in our case it could look a whole lot different where is the enemy targeting our provision where is he targeting however in all these things we look to God in these moments we look to him and we trust him to be our source The Bible reminds us in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, My God, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Matthew 6, 26 says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Psalms 23 and verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. A good shepherd will always supply for his flock. A good father will always take care of his children. And he is the good shepherd and he is a good father. And he cares for us. And we can trust that our needs will be met in him. And that the only provision that we truly need comes from the hand of God. And that he can be trusted and that his word gives us what we need. His word gives us the sustenance and the life that we need. And then the enemy doesn't give up. Our enemy does not give up quickly, he goes after the protection. Then the devil took him to the holy city, verses 5 and 7. And had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands. And that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered again, it is written. Do not put. The Lord your God to the test. Do not tempt the Lord your God. The, sec- the second temptation that we see unfolding here is of Jesus seeming to be, uh, seeming to be inviting to-, to test God's protection over his life, his beloved son. So Jesus having confidence in the care and the concern that his God, that his father has for him. He sa- he says, I'm not going to give in to what the enemy is asking me to do. In fact, Jesus brings up the very important principle that we see. He says, do not tempt the Lord your God. Do not test him. But if we're honest, we often feel tempted to do things we shouldn't simply because of God's grace and some simply because of his, over overflowing love that we've experienced in our lives. And yes, the truth is he can pick up the pieces of bad decisions that you and I have made. Yes, we know that he will protect us and take care of us. Yes, we know that all things work together for good for those that love him. Yes, we know that he's omnipotent. He has all power and that there's nothing that can change his will. But sometimes you and I simply just need to stand and say no to the voice of temptation in our lives. And know that we can survive it know that we can survive it if we just stand still and six and wait on God and say no the Bible says in first Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 no temptation has overtaken you has come to you it says which is common to mankind and God who is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear how many believe he's faithful this morning but he will also provide a way out there's a way out to to what you're facing this morning. There's a way out to, to what you've been battling for the last few years, for the last few months, for the last few weeks. There's there's a way out to, to the struggle in your marriage. There's a way out to the struggle in your finances. There's a str- there's a way out to the struggle going on in your mind and in your spirit right now. There is a way out. Hebrews 2, 18 says, because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being Tempted also. James 1, 2 and 3 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith uh, leads to perseverance. You see, this is kind con- this is contrary to what we've been exposed to in society because for us to be able to say, Count it as pure joy when you're facing trouble. In other words, I'm going through sickness and I'm battling this and I'm battling that, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna count it as Pure joy, because I know that He is with me. God is our refuge, and He is our strength. And he is our ever-present help in trouble. He is our protector. And he doesn't give, and the enemy doesn't give up. So he goes after his position. He couldn't get him with provision. I mean, he could not get him with provision. He could not get him with protection. So he targets position. Jesus' position, Matthew 4, 8, and 11. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the the world and their splendor. And he says, all this I will give to you if you will just bow down and worship me. He tries to make a deal with Jesus. I will give this to you. Not knowing that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof then that jesus said to him away from me satan for it is written worship the lord your god and serve him only then the devil left him then the devil left him and angels came and attended him the third and final temptation is for Jesus to worship Satan. And in doing so, he would receive dominion over all the kingdoms of the world. Seems like an easy enough choice. But for some, the temptation of position and power can be overwhelming. But Jesus stands firm. He stands firm. The Bible says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Can you just hold on just a little bit longer? In that trial, in that situation, could you just hold on a little bit longer and just resist and know that there comes a time where he will give up? Because greater is he that is in us, amen, than he that is in the world. We must choose to worship God to worship God alone. We must choose to worship, to worship him at our high moments, to worship him in our low moments, to worship him when things are going good, to worship him when things are going bad, to worship him in sickness, to worship him in health, to worship him in every single instance, for us to be those that worship him, for us to say, Jesus, it's it's all about you. The Bible says that the hour comes and now is when the Father seeks those that worship him in spirit and in truth. For those are the ones that the Father seeks to worship. We have to be a worshiping church. And we have to trust in the significance and in the source that is Jesus. And to trust that what we need in this moment right now can come from him can come from him. As a child of the king, you will inherit an eternal kingdom, and we know this. It cannot be shaken. We know that our destiny is sealed, but oftentimes we forget to look past the reality that we get, and we get distracted by worldly gain, but knowing that we should build our treasures in heaven and our eternal position in him is greater than any temporal promotion that we could receive here on earth. And to know that when we are feeling tempted in this area, that we need to keep things in perspective. Matthew 6 and 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Focus on him. Put our focus on him. Worship him where you come. One thing that was consistent every time the devil tempted Jesus, whether it was provision, whether it was protection, or whether it was his position. Three different forms of temptation, but there was one common response. He said, it is written. It is written. Why is that important? Because you may be facing something that I'm not facing, and you may be facing something that he or she is not facing, but there is one common response. It is written. His word is enough for everything you and I need. His word is enough to sustain us and to keep us and to preserve us and to hold us together. His word is enough. Hebrews says, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Let's make no mistake that the our tempter doesn't not take time off and he doesn't give up easy. But the word says in Isaiah 54, 17 that no weapon, come on, no weapon. Say it with me, no weapon. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. No weapon that is designed, no weapon that is built, no weapon that is manipulated, no weapon that is maneuvered, no weapon that is shaped against me shall prosper. It shall not prevail. It shall not be successful. It doesn't mean that it won't hurt. It doesn't mean that it won't sting. It doesn't mean that we may not, it doesn't mean that we're free from mourning or crying. It doesn't mean that it won't affect us. It doesn't mean that it won't zap our. Strength, But when all is said and done, it will not prevail against us. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want to tell you this morning that you may be going through something, but there is power in his word and standing on the promises of God that are yes and amen. The Bible says that after you've suffered a little while, that the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Oh, bless his name. He will restore, he will confirm, he will strengthen, and he will establish you. His word reminds me that the, the light afflictions that which last but just a moment works in us a far more exceeding weight of glory that, that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning that this too shall pass and I will overcome and I will oh come on Impact City let's give God a praise in this place today for his word that will hold us that will sustain us and that will keep us we bless your name we bless your name will you please stand with me this morning In this moment, in this moment, I want to pray for you right now. That whatever you're going through, right now, your heart may be heavy. Your burden may be overloading you. But right now, right now, God, by the authority that is in your word, and by the power that is in the mighty name of Jesus. Right now, God, we come against. We come against every burden. We come against every lie. We come against everything that has come against us to deceive us, to question our identity. We come against everything that has come to try to destroy us, to try to divert our purpose in you, God. Right now, God, we come against everything that has come against our minds, our spirits, we come against everything that has come against our marriages our families our households we come against everything that has come against our finances our jobs and our careers right now in the name of jesus i declare that no weapon i declare that no weapon will prosper i declare that no weapon will be successful i declare that no weapon no weapon will prevail right now god i declare your promises to be true in every circumstance Whatever whatever we're facing today, God, we lay at your feet and we trust you and we believe you right now in Jesus' name.